Export Advisors, a podcast about international sales with your host, Matthew Garfine. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Export Advisors podcast. We are at export-advisors.com. I'm Matthew Garfine, and today we're going to talk about talking and writing. Being a good communicator is an important part of being a successful salesperson. And if you're working with international customers, those communication skills are even more important. So today, we'll look at some best practices for communicating with international customers. Let's start with what it means to be a responsible communicator. I'm sure we've all had the experience of sending an email to a business colleague and receiving no response, or leaving a voicemail for a colleague and receiving no return call. It's a cliche, but it's true. Time is one of our most valuable commodities. If a customer has to waste time sending multiple communications to you in order to get a response, she will be much less interested in doing business with you. So don't be that person. In my company, I have always enforced the 24-hour rule. This means that all incoming communications must receive a response within 24 hours. Whether it's a phone call, an email, or a text message, be organized about your communications and be respectful of your customer's time by responding as quickly as possible. They'll reward you by giving you more of their business. What do you do when a customer asks you a question and you don't have the answer? The mistake that many people make is to not respond until they do have the answer. But this means leaving your customer waiting and unsure if you've even received his question. The professional response is to answer immediately, acknowledging the customer's request by simply saying, I'm working on it. And of course, make sure to always follow up. Now, let's talk about something so basic that most sales professionals don't even think about it. Language. In most cases, the international language of business is English. That's a wonderful advantage for those of us who are native English speakers. But remember that for your international customers, English is usually not their first language. I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings where the seller is speaking to the international buyer as if they were childhood friends, talking quickly and using a lot of slang words. In that scenario, half the meeting is lost in translation, literally. So when you're speaking with a non-native English speaker, slow down and speak more clearly than usual. This is especially important on a telephone call when the customer can't see your facial expressions or your gestures. Assuming you are an English speaker, it's important to be honest with yourself and recognize if your accent can be challenging. In my case, I'm lucky to have grown up in Southern California. Because it's where a lot of television and movies are produced, the Southern California accent is easily understood by most people. But I've traveled to places in the United States, in the UK, in South Africa, in Australia, where I struggle to understand English. Imagine how it is for a non-native speaker. So if you speak English with a strong regional accent, be aware of it and slow down. Next, I'd like to touch briefly on the subject of written versus verbal communication. A wise man and ex-client of mine once said, only leave a paper trail if you want to leave a paper trail. Remember that written communications are in stone. They are archived and resendable. Why does this matter? There will always be times when you must communicate with a customer regarding a sensitive topic. It may be regarding an agreement that is off the record. There may be legal reasons for not stating something in writing. It may be a difficult subject, such as restricting his business in some way or terminating a sales agreement. Remember that you can more effectively communicate verbally, where you have the advantage of using tone of voice and a particular phrasing to give your words more nuance. This is especially important if you find yourself experiencing an emotional reaction to a situation. 
When working with international customers, there are misunderstandings and miscommunications that can be extremely frustrating. In those cases, wait a few hours or a day to get past your emotional response before replying. I tell my sales staff, you have nothing to gain by letting a customer know that you're angry with him. Let's continue talking about written communications. First and foremost, always strive for correct spelling and grammar. This should be obvious, but I'm always amazed when professional colleagues send emails that are full of misspelled words, incorrect punctuation, and run-on sentences. Today, it's easier than ever to avoid this scenario by simply trusting in the spell check features that are available in Office software applications and web browsers. You can even download optional spell check helpers for other languages. In today's business environment, there is simply no excuse for not using spell check. Here's a tip regarding written communications. Avoid abbreviations. Just IMO. YKWIM, LOL. The problem with abbreviations is that they assume the reader knows what they mean, which is less likely if she's not a native speaker of your language. If you are going to use abbreviations, make sure that the first appearance of the abbreviation in your communication is in parenthesis following the term or phrase that is being abbreviated. Another common frustration we have all experienced with emails is having to send a large number of short emails back and forth with a customer in order to answer a lot of simple questions. You can minimize those time-consuming back-and-forth emails by anticipating questions and answering them up front. For example, if you're presenting a new product, include all the information that a customer might need the first time. An effective way to keep your email communications organized is to focus on one topic per email and make sure the email subject clearly describes the topic. This greatly facilitates searching for the topic later in your email search engine. If a customer sends you a long email asking to resolve five totally different issues, respond with five separate emails and rename the email subject to reflect the issue being addressed. As each topic is resolved, the email thread ends and can be filed away. When attaching files to emails, name the file something logical and don't use the cryptic name that may be generated by your ERP system or office scanner. Files with appropriate and predictable names are easier to search for. What about text messaging? In many parts of the world, it's becoming increasingly common to find yourself chatting with customers via WhatsApp or Messenger or other text chat apps. Much to my frustration, I have customers that never answer emails but respond to WhatsApp chats within minutes. The problem with text messaging is that it's a medium of communication that is not conducive to archiving and searching. Unlike email, with text messages it's difficult, if not impossible, to look back and find something that someone wrote a year ago, or two years ago, or more. Text messaging is fine for short and simple communications. It's great for confirming pricing or availability. But if a customer wants to place an order with you via text message, politely request that she sends the order by email instead. You want to be able to refer back to that communication in the future if necessary. Now, shifting gears a bit, here's a topic I wanted to include in today's talk, calendar invites. It's commonplace nowadays to organize group meetings, conferences, or webinars by sending out electronic calendar invites via Outlook, Google, or any other calendar application. The problem with calendar invites as they relate to international sales is that you can't trust Microsoft or Google to keep track of the time changes in every single country every day of the year. You'd be surprised how many countries change their dates of daylight savings time each year or decide to simply skip it altogether. The solution is simple. When sending a calendar invite, always state the time of the call in the subject or the body text of the invite. State the time in your local time zone 
and everyone can use that as a reference to know what time that translates to in their own time zone. This way you avoid cancelled or delayed conference calls because one person had the wrong time zone. The final topic I'd like to touch on today is confidentiality. This is particularly important when you are working with multiple customers within the same market. Some of your clever customers might try to learn information about their competitors through you. Never discuss any customer's business with other customers, because you never get a second chance to lose a customer's trust. And that's it for today's podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, we'd appreciate if you could leave us positive feedback on the podcast service that you use. We always welcome your comments at export-advisors.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.